Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this week's episode, I was joined by Angela Kirkman, who, while she is from Manchester, was, I think, joining us from either Italy or Germany or Spain, as she's a traveller. And what Angela knows for sure, I think we can all get on board with, probably, or we definitely all should, is that life gets sweeter when you learn to accept yourself. Oh, I loved it. It was such a fun conversation. And Angela's actually going to be in Glasgow soon, so I'm going to be catching up with her for a coffee. And how awesome is this podcast that I get to meet people that I would never otherwise have known? I hope that you enjoy. Angela, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, tell us a bit about you. So I'm Angela. I'm originally from Manchester. I now permanently live in Italy, although I'm in France at the moment because I've not got a house in Italy. Um, Oh gosh, about me. I work predominantly as a writer, but that was a complete accident. So before I moved to Italy to work as a writer, I worked in social care for over a decade and I worked in prisons in a social care role doing lots of group therapy, doing lots of one-to-ones and I left that really burnt out and because I journal all my life, I've always written, I kind of journaled about the prison experience to learn how to deal with it and well a couple of years later wrote a book and and got a publishing deal and, and my life took this tangent so didn't mention right from the off. I've got ADHD and that's like the big writing projects I'm focusing on at the moment and that perhaps explains why my life's got a few weird little tangents everywhere too so just to tell you listeners that perfect and as we've already discussed I I love all forms of neurodiversity so we're all good we're all good so we met on group on Facebook it was sort of a hashtag be a guest and I was like you can be a guest on mine if you want So, I can't wait to hear, Angela. What do you know for sure? Okay, I've been thinking about this. And my answer to you is that life gets a lot sweeter when you really learn to accept yourself. But that is easier said than done. I really, uh I mean, I resonate with women 160 odd times now. But I really do resonate with that one because I think... I'm very accepting of myself now and life is much sweeter. But I suppose I'm wondering, did that come about around your ADHD or around something else? You know, how did you start to understand that? It's a real weird set of circumstances. So when I worked in prison and ran these group therapy sessions, one of our group rules was always be honest with yourself. Like, Mm. don't look yourself in the mirror and, and lie to yourself about who you are or what you're doing. And I was really key on this when I worked in prison. And I actually thought I was doing it, but I never was. Mm. Um, never, ever doing it myself. Didn't go to therapy myself. Didn't do the do the work on myself. So last year I decided I needed to write a new book. So I decided I was going to do 12 months complete reinvention project. Like one month, I wasn't just going to lose weight. I was going to like train to be a bodybuilder. I was going to like go to a silent retreat for a month and not speak and do all these really extreme things. 
I always thought if I just try a bit harder, if I just do this thing, if I just manage to keep these routines going, I can be this like green juice drinking yoga Zen goddess I see on Instagram. And really, I just didn't like who I was and I didn't like what was going on in my brain, even though I come across as very confident and self-assured. And I went on this like reinvention journey. I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to write about this. And at the end of the year, I'm going to be this awesome yoga goddess woman on the beach with a quiet mind. And in a very cliched way, what actually happened was I completely fell apart. I realized I didn't even know who I was in the first place. And that's when I went and actually got formally diagnosed with ADHD, even though I've known I had it since I was 18. And this journey of like starting to do the work, like therapy, starting to do like the slow stuff that doesn't give you these life hack immediate results, starting to ignore all these like gurus on the internet who promise they're going to reinvent you. And I started to just really dig deep and start to figure out who I was. And the change is immeasurable. And I kind of get now what I was trying to do with those guys in the therapy group. I'm like, oh, wow, like you don't need to change your circumstances. You do just need to change how you feel about yourself. And it's great. And I want other people to feel like this now. Yeah. And I think what's fascinating about that is that you sort of say, oh, right, I'm going to do 12 months reinvention journey. And you thought you could like be dictatorial about that. Like you could direct it and do it. Right, so I'll do a month of this and a month of that and a month of this. That plan never worked, you know. But you still had a, a reinvention journey. It just wasn't the one you would expect. And did you have the sort of irony of that while it was all happening? I don't know if whilst it was all happening. I mean, just to give you the actual like the actual background to this, in month one, I decided I was going to be like a top skier because I live <laughs> in the mountains. I ski a bit. And I was like, I'm going to become the best girl skier in this ski resort. And what actually happened was I ended up falling over breaking my leg into 17 pieces and getting helicoptered off the mountain. So so it started with a bit of a bang. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I still thought I could do it. I still thought, oh, with a broken leg, I can still do like a one-legged press-up a million times a day. And for me, I didn't have this realisation at the time. But actually, I'm quite good if I give myself these really big, scary goals because they keep me on the straight and narrow. And I've always set myself really big, scary goals. And I think it comes from a place of being scared of having to sit with myself. Mm. Like if you keep yourself really busy, you don't have to do the work, do you? You just, you've done the marathon. So everyone thinks you're achieving or you've wrote the book and everyone thinks you're awesome. You don't have to sit and listen to those like silent midnight chatter going on in your head. Do you know there's something so super wise about that, isn't there? I remember like when um my my kids are quite separated out in terms of their ages, but when my girls were wee and I was always busy, I was always busy and I didn't like anything that required me to sit still. And I had sort of addressed that up as well, I've I'm a mum with we kids, of course I don't sit still. And then I sort of, I suppose, had an awakening experience or had an experience that I broke apart and had to rebuild. And uh, I remember starting to meditate and things and realising that, oh, my God, the whole reason that I didn't like to sit still was because I didn't want to be alone with my thoughts. What's that about, yeah. Annie? 
Whereas now, I quite happily have nothing to do and sit. Like, I, I spend time purposefully with nothing to do. Without my phone, without a book, without TV, without the radio. I just sit there with nothing to do and I'm alone with my thoughts because I think it's a really healthy thing to do, actually. So it's, it's so healthy. So yeah. healthy. And also, something else I think that you said in that was about the fact that you had learned all this and you had taught it in the prison. It's almost like Dorothy's ruby slippers, isn't it? She had the mm-hmm. power all along. All along the journey, Dorothy and you could have clicked her heels together and she would have been back home in Kansas. All along, you've had the power to know this stuff and yet you were in some way hiding it for yourself. Is that what it feels like once you realise, like, I had the power all along? Oh, my God. Yeah. I think because externally, if I keep myself busy with these really big goals and achievements, I can convince the world that I don't need to do this work on myself because look at all that I'm smashing life look at me but that internal monologue in your head that feeling of just not knowing yourself or liking yourself that's that was constantly there for me but I could mask that I could hide that and pretend that I didn't need to do the work because I was already being dead great at life yeah but but I knew I wasn't because the being dead great at life thing is enjoying sitting in silence with yourself and it not being hard right exactly and there's something there about and you really you said something about instagram earlier as well and that thing about i think we all feel like as a as a people in the time and society we're in but that you need to convince the world that you're doing life right and i think probably too many people are too busy convincing the world and actually inside they're like quite miserable because when did it shift from just convincing yourself that you were happy and being happy or being content and it shifted to, no, I need to somebody that I don't know that follows me on Instagram to think that I've got it all. It seems very mixed up, doesn't it? But nobody can see it. It's almost like Emperor's New Clothes, I think. Definitely. And you use the word contentment there and I think that's the word, right? That's I, I'm not going to be happy that all the time. I'm not going to be, you know, singing and dancing, but I feel content now I've got my diagnosis I'm doing the work and contentment's a different feeling it's like a grounding it's like a it's like I've come home to myself is what it feels like and and it's great it's really really great but but that's not what an impressive Instagram account looks like sitting and having a cup of tea with my boyfriend for breakfast isn't you know me doing my I don't know my downward dog on the beach in the Maldives is it exactly but it doesn't matter. And I think that's like, because oh, you know what I relate it to, I think, sometimes. So I moved back to the area I came from in south side of Glasgow. I'm from Govan. And so an old shipbuilding area. So I moved back here like six, seven years ago and actually bought the house that I grew up in, right? I know that there's some people probably that would witness that as being like, why did you just move back to an area that's, well, I would say it's a very up-and-coming area. But for me, it has been the very best thing to do. I almost feel like I'm Santiago and the alchemist, you know, I'll travel all around the world to come back and realise it's here. The point being, it doesn't matter the bricks and mortar I'm living in. It actually doesn't matter. And I do love my house, right? I love my house and I'm never selling it. I love it, right? It doesn't matter about the bricks and mortar. It's about what I'm doing in here, pointing to my heart. It's about in here and in my head, so it actually yeah. doesn't matter what the bricks are mortar and what the people walking past the door are like. That's not what's important. 
are you there now? Because I th- feel as if that's the first time that I've actually verbalised that, actually, quite honestly, Angela. And I'm, like, really resonating what, with what you're saying because I, when I left Manchester, I was like, I hate Manchester. Mm. And then I moved to Bristol and did my master's down there. I moved from Bristol to London. And then since I left London, I've been France, Austria, Slovenia and Italy. So I've lived in four countries. And I would take myself and this weird little brain with me to all of those places. Like I'm not, and it, and it gets to the point of like, what are you running away from here? And now I have like such this love of going back to, my mum's got the house that I grew up in. She still lives in like my childhood home in North Manchester and it's home. And I really envy my mum who's got her group of friends. She's known since she was 15, this like crew of girls who they can knock on for each other. They have the girls book club every Friday night. And I just envy it so much. And we don't put value on that. We put value on like, oh, Angela's like living in Italy, living La Dolce Vita. Actually, I'm really jealous of of my mum having this base and this security in who she is and what she's got and not having to chase more all the time. So so yeah, I think I completely understand why you're happy there. Uh-huh. And I think it's something you said at the start as well about don't lie to yourself. It was a rule when you were doing the work in prisons and you realised that you were lying to yourself. And I think, you know, I'm not sitting here like a Buddha on a mountain saying I never lie to myself. Of course I lie to myself because we all do. But I think I'm pretty good at having a pretty honest internal, very kind actually, a very kind and honest internal dialogue going on with myself. A lot of people are just lying to themselves and they're so like filling themselves with their own bullshit. Like quite often in work I do, I'm like that person just believes their own thinking they believe everything they think and what they think is completely fucking shambolic but they really really believe it so as best as i can i try to have compassion for them because they believe what they think and i can't actually change that because that's their journey that's not mine i just need to remind myself that i don't need to believe everything i think so what is that like now considering you were teaching it but not living it and now you're aware of it what does that feel like what's the difference show us tell us about the difference between when you realised that you, oh, no, I have been lying to myself. And what was that journey like? I think, I think, like you said, I'm not like this Buddha on a mountain. I am not this Zen green juice drinking woman um, at all. I think it's a work in progress. So, you know, there are days where I'm, I'm not living this content filled life all the time. But the only way I can kind of verbalise it is automatically. As, as soon as I kind of got my formal ADHD diagnosis and as soon as I started to like look into that in a little bit more depth, I felt able to just give myself a bit more grace and a bit more space. Mm-hmm. So I still make the mistakes that I used to make. I still say stupid things. I still get aggy with my boyfriend when I'm on my period. But I don't beat myself up for it all the time. I'm not like you're a totally bad person because you did all this. I've started to accept myself as a more rounded human with good parts and bad parts and that it it doesn't matter. Grace and space, those were the words that it, the only way I can describe the feeling now. And it's so, you know, hashtag self-love, it's one I use a lot, but that's what it's about and it's about giving yourself a damn break sometimes. You know, and yeah. I think like I've got two, well, my oldest daughter is actually no longer a teenager. She was 20 a few weeks ago and... That's what I'm like to them. Give yourself a break. What is this expectation that you need to be all things? And actually, 
I always say things are an inside job. I set what success looks like. So if I don't reach it, then that means I'm battering myself with it. Yeah. Because you yeah, set what definitely. success looks like for you. And therefore you reach it. And if you can't reach the successes you're setting, then you're not being very good with yourself because you're setting unrealistic targets for yourself. And what's that all about? And to kind of go into that and what we were talking about before, 18 months ago, there is no way I would come on your podcast and talk talk about this because Mm. I cared about how I presented myself to the outside world. Mm. I cared that I wanted to look professional. I wanted to look successful. I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to look like I've got my shit together. Whereas now I'm comfortable enough to come on here and be like, here is me being vulnerable. Here is me being open and saying like, I really struggle with life and I have struggled and actually, I think that makes me like more powerful and more like successful. It's, it's such a weird, like it's such a weird irony. But but yeah, I will, there's no way I would have done this 18 months ago. Not a chance. That's so interesting because yeah. obviously the podcast has been going for nearly three years now. So it's interesting that 18 months ago you couldn't have been my guest, but you are now. No. And I think like relating to what you're saying there, I talk about it as authenticity, and I think authenticity is a superpower. And the thing that I try to express to people is it's open to us all. It's not like I'm doing great because I'm very authentic. You could be authentic too. Just be yourself. Because I think that, and I think especially women, and if there's a theme that comes through this podcast, it is women getting a bit older and realising, God, if I'd known this stuff when I was younger. And it's because they've reached a place of authenticity. I mean, I'm sure some people go on their whole life journey and never reach it. But I reached mine probably through, I think I was always pretty authentic, but through a brain injury and realising that I was then authentic, it was probably because I didn't have the capacity to be lots of different things. I only had the capacity to be myself. Um, mm. It was a realisation that I've now got. But I love that I'm really authentic and that I'll show my weakness and I'll show my strength and I'll I'll laugh about both and I'll, I'll be self-deprecating if that's what has to happen in the moment or I'll be really proud of myself. And as I always tell people, shine your light bright you don't need to dim your light for me because people always want to chat down their successes and I'm like what's that about no I think shout about your success and I'll stand up and I will cheer for you I think you you are the kind of person though you create a safe space where you can do that I think having people like you in your in in anyone's life allows other people to be vulnerable and authentic where it maybe doesn't feel safe in other places so so yeah that's like a huge like credit to you for what you bring out in people and how you 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 allow people to have that space but mm. I think it's again about the authenticity thing I think I accept that a lot of people I'm maybe a bit much for because I'm a lot I'm not kidding on Angela I know I am uh but that's okay that's okay move along then move along I don't need everybody to like me I don't like everybody but the whole authenticity thing I think it's why I make such good connections and again, I'm just like, oh, come on, people. We can all be authentic. Come on. It's not that yeah. hard. Just start. Just start. And, and this is like one of my, I've done lots of like core values work. Even I did lots of core values work like 10 years ago. And authenticity's always kind of been there. And I think, yeah, two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have told you I was being authentic. I was like, oh, what you see is what you get. This is just me. And it, that's absolute rubbish. It's, uh, but I believed my own bullshit, like you said. Ah. And I can't believe 
it's so, and maybe it's not getting an ADHD diagnosis. Maybe it is just turning 35, getting a bit older, stopping to care quite so much. But that kind of combo of things, I'm like, oh, this is authenticity. Wow. I didn't even know what the word meant five years ago. Aye. And I think it's that acceptance of there's always new levels. You know, I don't know if you share that with me. But there's, you're, always, you're going to realise more stuff in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, and you'll be like, oh, God, all the work I've done on myself and I never realised that about me. You know what? I didn't even think of that because I was kind of like, oh, but it feels dead great now. This feels, like, really, like, content and authentic. Oh, God, yeah, in five years I'm going to listen back and be like, oh, she was naive. I'm going to have, like, levelled up. I think it's not even, I think, I would always say have compassion for who you were in the moment, you know, and you were doing what the best you could. It's not even about that. It's about, like, even this week, some work I've been doing, internal work with somebody, and I had these realisations, and I'm thinking, how did I never realise that? I've been in this sort of a positive thing in spiritual development, self-development thing since the 90s. I've been doing this for, like, nearly 30 years, and it's like... Oh my God, how can I still have realisations? Which I think is really exciting because if you think you know it all, then you're a bloody fool because you don't. And that's even about ourselves. That's not about anything external. That's not about your job or being a parent or anything else that we're doing in our lives. That is actually just about our own self-knowledge or self-understanding, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Every And that's that exciting, isn't it? That's a really exciting way to look at the future and look at your life being like god there's so much more to learn isn't there there's like so much more to discover about and just about this little brain not even about the whole wide world oh this is like super inspiring me this morning this chat <laughs> i know as i keep saying to my guests it's my favorite time of the week when i have my podcast guest on so i oh know that's been such a good chat thank you so much and thank um, you i've luck. loved it good luck with the book as well if you send me a link to the book i will put that in the commentary uh, of the podcast so if you guys want to read angela's book you can but thank you so much for joining me angela thank you for having me it's been a joy Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.